Welcome to the Vital Dome podcast for Monday, January 22nd. U.S. equity futures are extending their gains so far this morning. You have S&P futures up 14 points. It's about 30 basis points. NASDAQ futures are outperforming up about 95 points. That's 55 basis points. And then you have Dow futures up about 50 points or 13 basis points. In Europe, you're looking at the major indices up about 40 to 45 basis points. Strong outperformance in tech. Tech is up about 1.5% in Europe. Banks are trading well, also up about a percent. Real estate is outperforming. And then on the downside in Europe, you have energy utilities, along with basic resources, chemicals, and staples are all lagging. And then in Asia, you saw gains out of Japan. So the Nikkei rallied another 1.6%. And then you saw another brutal evening in China. Uh, so the Hang Seng fell 2.2%. The Shanghai Comp dropped 2.7%. And the Shenzhen Comp fell about 4.5%. Um, so in terms of major news from the weekend and this morning, there really was not a whole lot. There were a bunch of headlines out of the Middle East, um, which I have in the piece this morning. Brent, though, is about flat, so not seeing a big reaction in oil, uh, but definitely a lot of moving pieces still um, in that region. A ton of various different flashpoints that are all kind of still bubbling up and metastasizing. Um, but again, oil is not reacting. So, you know, it's really kind of just circling back to what occurred last week, Thursday, Friday, big move in U.S. equities, especially Friday, um, being led by tech. You know, I think probably the biggest development was on the earnings front. So you saw the earnings season has been ongoing now for a little over a week, um, mostly concentrated in banks. You're pretty much finished with a lot of the big U.S. banks, the big uh, money centers in the major regionals. You still have a few stragglers to come, but I think we know what banks did in fourth quarter, and we know kind of the uh, 2024 guidance from that industry. Um, you did see, though, late last week, the start of uh, the non-bank earnings season, and the results so far were encouraging. Now, the sample size is tiny, so it's hard to really draw any firm conclusions, but I think two reports last week, Taiwan Semi and then Supermicro's upside pre-announcement, which is a, a very small company, but one that is uh, closely associated with artificial intelligence. So you saw, I think those two data points helped reignite this massive move higher in tech, um, which has dragged everything along uh, up along with it. Um, and that to me was kind of the big macro development. Um, you know, there's a lot of focus on the Fed and expectations about what's going to happen with the funds rate this year. I really think this is kind of um, a relatively insignificant topic as far as kind of what's really driving the markets. Now, you did see odds of a March cut fall below 50% um, on on Friday. So they're down about 45% this morning. Um, you're still pricing in about 130 basis points worth of cuts this year. Uh, I think so long as that number stays above 100 basis points, you know, it's more, it's more just details than a broader big shift in the macro environment. Um, you know, you, you're going to see a big pivot in monetary policy this year everywhere essentially except for Japan, which I'll touch on in one moment. Um, and it's not just on the funds rate in the US, it's also going to be on the balance sheet, remember. So whether they go in March or they go the next meeting, I think that's kind of trivial next to the, in light of the broader theme, which is again, easing on the monetary policy front, ongoing disinflation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, if that were to shift suddenly and you see a huge reacceleration in inflation, you see goods disinflation, deflation stop and services don't break and you don't see any movement lower in real estate. Um, obviously, that's going to be a big shift, but that's not really what's happening. This is kind of more just details than anything else. It's not really a big shift in the 
in the U.S. macro landscape. Um, and then just circling back quickly to China, you know, it, it's remarkable. Again, I can't recall a time when a such a large market has been so singularly hated and cheap. Um, you know, there's there's very good reasons for that sentiment. Where you know, on the economic front, you've had disappointing data. The government is constrained about what they can do with stimulus because of the yuan, because of uh, debt imbalances and real estate imbalances, et cetera. They left the loan prime rate unchanged overnight. That was widely expected, but I think it also just underscores again that their hands are tied to an extent on the steps they can take to really kind of engineer, um, you know, a V-shaped move, a, a V-shaped improvement in the broader sentiment. Um, you know, the last time sentiment was anywhere near this negative was in the waning weeks of their zero COVID policy, but that, there was an easy way out of that. And that was just ending zero COVID, which they did. Um, this time around, there isn't really kind of a single silver bullet action they can take. Um, and it's kind of just now wait and see. Now, again, the stage is set for a, a huge V-shaped move if and when sentiment does improve even a tiny bit, but we're, we're waiting for that to happen. Um, so again, a lot of news, a lot of headlines out over the weekend and this morning, none of them are, are, are kind of terribly important, especially on the macro basis. Um, you know, there was, uh, important news out in Archer Daniels Midland that stocks off 11% pre-market, a lot of takeout noise around Macy's that stocks up about 2% pre-market. Um, so take a look at the piece for all those details on the calendar for today. The major events, in my opinion, will be United Airlines earnings out after the close, um, and then the BOJ decision, which comes tonight. The BOJ is widely expected to leave policy on hold. You know, the BOJ is one of the only central banks, only major central banks this year that's expected to tighten policy, but it's going to be extraordinarily modest. You know, you're talking about um, maybe a quarter basis point of rate hikes in total for the entire year. Um, you know, so again, their policy will be unchanged tonight. Perhaps they could moderate or they could evolve their forward guidance rhetoric in a slightly hawkish direction. But even that's unlikely. It's probably just going to be status quo, everything unchanged for the time being. Um, you know, I really don't think the BOJ is is a huge factor um, as far as US, the U.S. equity story is concerned. Um, and then just looking out over the course of the week, um, you know, a bunch of earnings on the calendar this week. I think, you know, we're, again, we're out of the bank earnings season, so we're moving into all the other industries Tech is, is going to be in focus given the big move we've seen in the last few days. So Netflix uh, and Texas Instruments come tomorrow night. And you have Tesla Wednesday night and then a bunch of others this week as well. Remember, the Q4 earnings season drags on for longer than the other quarters. So this is going to, you know, this, this lingers on into, into February, unfortunately. Um, it's not really until next week that you get to kind of a lot of the other big mega caps like Microsoft and Meta, et cetera. Um, and then on the macro front for this week, the big events, in my opinion, will be the, on Thursday and Friday. So the ECB is on Thursday. You get U.S. Q4 GDP, U.S. Q4 PCE on Thursday, and then the December PCE on Friday. Um, you know, the big Q4 theme was falling rates and then rising expectations for Fed easing. That has reversed a little bit in the last couple of weeks, um, in part because you've seen a reacceleration in uh, the December CPIs, not just from the U.S., but in Europe as well. You've also seen kind of a hawkish pushback from uh, monetary policy officials about easing expectations. I think this, the PCE for December could help um, put some of those Q4 trends back in place. It's supposed to see uh, core disinflation on the PCE. And then if you kind of look on the three and six months annualized basis, 
and this is something Waller talked about in a speech last week, you know, the Fed's essentially back at target. And it's a question of, can this continue? Um, you know, so I still think March is, is going to be the first rate cut from the Fed. Um, but again, I think if, even if that were to slip into the, the next meeting, um, it's not really kind of a huge shift for the U.S. equity landscape. Uh, so that is everything for today, Monday, January 22nd. Thank you for listening.